Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hello, and welcome to episode 321 of the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. I feel like 321 is like we're going to blast off. It's like three, I two, was one. just thinking Countdown. that three, two, one, contact. Remember that show? Yes, I do. Yes. I actually know that one. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that might age us a bit, but maybe they brought it back. I don't really know if that show is still around. I feel like it had gone through two, um, two incarnations by the time I was a kid. Like it had already been for like 60s and 70s kids and then came back Do you in feel the 90s. Like- they showed it in schools. I feel like my memory of three, two, one contact would be like they'd show a little video. Not not that it was made for schools. I don't think it was, but that my teachers because it was educational, right? It was. I believe it was about science. I think so. So that's what my memory of it is actually probably watching it on a taped VHS in um, like in elementary school, which, by the way, for the record, we don't try to hide that we're old. We just are here. In our, we're here <laughs> we in our oldness are. to um, impart wisdom about something about something like parenting. But here's the thing. The funny thing is today's topic has nothing to do with educational programming. It has nothing to do with <laughs> science. It's not even really that parenting related, except it is. We're talking about kids clothing. And I actually think this is one of those topics that feels a little fluffy and frivolous, but can be a source of much pleasure and joy or frustration when you have little kids, babies, toddlers. And especially for me, I felt like the frustration really started like in the um, preschool years. Um, And and we're going to dive into that more. And I just am curious, Sarah, you know, again, we've just shared that we're kind of old and our kids are getting older. What is the state of fashion in your kids' lives right now? Yeah, well, I'll do like the 30-second version. I have a 13-year-old who really went from being my easiest dresser in that she didn't have strong opinions about much of anything her entire childhood. And that's unusual because we know a lot of preschoolers get very opinionated. And she was the easiest dresser to the most opinionated and definitely her own sense of style at 13, as, as one does, as is developmentally appropriate. Um, and then my youngest Violet's eight and a half, but she's been strong opinioned about this since, I don't know, birth. Like I, I stopped being able to dress her the way I wanted probably when she was like 18 months old. So that one I've dealt with the whole time. And then Reed is pretty easy, but he's growing very quickly. So the, in the middle, I would say I'm dealing with more like growing out of things and like having a hard time keeping up with the sizes. And then at either end, the bookends, the girls are just have a lot of opinions and I can't necessarily shop for them. That's different. When you get to a point where you can't necessarily just shop for your own kids, I think that's different. How about you? Um, Totally. And it's funny because I had the same experience with my boys. Like they would just wear whatever I gave them for a very, very long time. And because I had four boys, there were so many hand-me-downs in the mix. It was very, very simple. And we'll we'll dive into uh, the specifics a little bit later. But their outfits were super simple. And Clara got so many hand-me-downs for years 
And she was fine. Like with whatever, she was actually more particular about, um, not wanting to give things away. That was, yes, her, I remember she you never wanted that. to like give away her, her outgrown clothing and still has a hard time with that, but she didn't really care too much about what she wore. And if the stuff in her drawers didn't make her happy, she just didn't wear that thing, but she had plenty yes. to wear and it was fine. Um, she's recently gotten much more opinionated and is dressing much more like, I don't know what you would even call it. Like, like nineties goth or something mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. it's, it's like a very kind of like baggy dark look, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of adorable on her, but that now she's really particular. And so she hates everything. So I think what's happening and we can talk about this a little bit more in the episode, but I think she's realizing she has opinions, mm-hmm. but she doesn't actually know what those opinions are just yet. Yes. And I, I actually remember that at that age and Allegra, for those who don't know, Allegra is one year older. My oldest is one year older than your youngest, Megan, both girls. And so we compare notes a lot. And I have seen the same in Allegra to the point where like the musical stars she loves and follows do a lot of like vintage and thrift store shopping. And so I, she said, can we go to the thrift store? Can we go? And I remember doing the same. I actually shopped at thrift stores a lot in junior high, but then it's like, we get there and she doesn't, doesn't she know doesn't what she know get. what to do with like, yes. you know, 4,000 pieces of other people's old clothes. It's like, she knows she wants something kind of alternative and different and a little thrift store look as did I, when I was that age. So I love it. I support it. But then it's like, wait, but I'm not sure what I actually want. I just know I want to look like I shopped at a thrift store. <laughs> And there's many well, ways to do that. That's so funny because Clara just went with her cousin, Cecily, who is um, much older than her. She's Jacob's age. So the two of them are, well, she's a year older than Jacob. So the two, Clara and Cecily are like 12 years apart, but they like to hang out with each other. I love and it. they always go to a thrift store in Lansing when we visit them. And they went and Clara bought a t-shirt that she's worn, I think, every day since she bought Aww. it. And it's, but it's just a t-shirt. It's, yeah. I mean- it's got like a, like some kind of cool slogan or something on the front, like a print. She's not really into slogans. Um, but I just think it's so funny because I'm like, okay, so you went to a thrift store. You were so excited to go. But then the thing you bought was a black t-shirt yeah. that I could have probably bought you anywhere. And that's fine. She's learning. And yes, um, that's one thing about style and fashion that I also am drawn to certain things. Like my personally, I'm drawn to vintage personally. I'm drawn to certain styles, but like, I don't put the I don't have the creativity to necessarily pull it off or to really understand what I want. Mm-hmm. So it feels like I still flail around and I'm 43 years old. Yes. Yes. So, no, it's a very, yeah. I have a lot of empathy for this 12, 13 year old age that they're in right now. And I have very specific memories of wanting the same thing, wanting something that was busting out of however I had dressed as a child, but not knowing how to get that, that look and not even really knowing what I wanted, except that it was different than childhood. Right. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah. And for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle, whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest. I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day, and it could seriously use a refresh. But you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately, the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather. But please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. 
I also got mine in the sand suede. And I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Bionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Okay, Sarah, so let's talk about the many stages of our kids' fashion choices or us choosing their fashion. And let's just start at the beginning. So um, let's talk about how we dress them as babies and toddlers and however long you were able to get through the preschool years before they started, you know, wanting to dress themselves. And I guess I would say, let's start with the cutest outfits you can remember. And for me, I just have to say baby jeans are the Mm -hmm. most ridiculous yet most adorable thing. And I also had baby overalls, like denim overalls for a couple of my babies. And they're ridiculous because babies don't have waists, so they can't really hold up a pant situation with like a fly, but there's still something so adorable about like zipping up and buttoning a fly over like a little round baby belly. Uh It's just like, it's ridiculous. It's so cute. And same with overalls. Like they're so clunky and like no matter how small you make the overalls, the basic hardware on the overall yeah. is, can only get so small to still work. So you've got this baby in these like overall jeans or pants or whatever, but they have these huge clunky, yes. um, like the thing that holds the, you know, the strap or whatever in place. And I just think they're so stinking cute. How about yes. you? What is the cutest thing you remember? I mean, well, I'm nodding along to all of this, but I'm realizing that there's like, the things that are cute on the hanger that you cannot resist. You know it's not practical, but you cannot resist. And then there are the things you end up dressing your kids in every day, which I know we're going to dig into that too. Um, But I just remember, I mean, the tinier it was, the cuter it was. And so I have very specific memories of we had Babies R Us and they had a lot of clothes. I don't know if Babies R Us always had a lot of clothes, but I remember going right to the newborn rack at Babies R Us or Carter's. And basically like almost what made it cute to me was the size. And yes. and yet the newborns are the least inspiring to dress because they spit up and poop constantly. And they're always squished up in you're swaddling them or they're in a sleep or like they're, they're not, you can't show off a newborn in their outfit really. So my memory is being drawn to impractical, impractical, tiny ensembles, whether it was like a dress with a matching headband or like you said, overalls or jeans, like a three piece, like vest. I remember, yes. Oh, Isaac had like a three piece thing. It was like a white button down shirt little tiny khakis yeah, that was like with flannel lining. These are from Jimbery and a little sweater vest. And I think I have one photo of him wearing that because it was so ridiculous to get it on and off of him. Exactly. So I think the, the bottom line for me was the cutest outfits I remember were cute because they were so tiny. And yet those are the ones that, like you said, were, were barely worn. I know we'll talk about toddlers later, but I actually love dressing like an 18, 18 month old because they're those are the ones who are actually like a miniature human because they're upright. Yeah. They can walk and they they're but they still have the babiness. So I don't know. I guess if I had a favorite baby age to dress, it's not the tiniest. It's like the littlest toddlers, like your 12 to 18 month olds. But that is very cute. I'm I'm curious if you have like, you know, outside of the impractical um types of outfits like we just talked about if you have some that actually did work and I have one very specific memory. So my sister's kid, so Mario is 30 now, which makes him, uh, seven years older than Jacob. Okay. And he has two younger sisters. So they're, I want to say Cecily's a year older than Jacob and Aaron's like four years older than Jacob. And so my sister got some really cute baby gap sleepers. They were just soft cotton that Mario, Aaron and Cecily wore. Then Jacob, Isaac and William wore them. And then I passed them back to my sister for Quinn. I don't think I got them back after that, but they were, I can so clearly remember them. One was like a, like a green and white stripe with these mustard cuffs. And one was a red print. And we have photos of like multiple of our kids in them. And I just love knowing that like 
seven different kids in the same family wore those. And yeah. maybe at some point they were passed back to me. I just don't really remember. I don't remember putting like Clara in them. I may yeah. have. I just don't remember. Um, they were probably by that point were shot and pooped upon and stuff. But I, it's so fun to see that. And and like what great quality that those yes. were like the diehards. Like we wore those. My kids wore those all the time um, because, you know, once you kind of get out of that, the stage where they're wearing the long gowns with the yeah, elastic but, bottoms uh-huh. you can pull up. Look, once you don't need that anymore, they kind of do live in sleepers. Yeah. And those sleepers made it through two to three months, depending on how big my babies were. So um, I just love that I have that memory. I love that. And my memory of Baby Gap in 2007, 2008 was that it just felt like a step up of quality. And I have no idea. I mean, you and I, we started the show talking about how we're old. We are not here to give advice on the latest and greatest baby brands. But my memory was that Baby Gap, remember the tiny teddy bear, um, like embroidered kind of logo? And I just remember their fabrics feeling just really high quality and um, like a little thicker cotton and just um, like the dyes and the colors were nice. So it doesn't surprise me that those kind of made it all the way, all the way through. So I love that. Um, So for me, keeping in mind uh, that I had Arizona babies and my first two babies were born in April and June, meaning they were tiny in our very long summer. It doesn't get cool till like Christmas, maybe. So um, I dressed little babies in very few layers. So even like one, that's another reason why those outfits and overalls and dresses and stuff were just silly because you had a hot, a hot baby in a hot car and a hot car seat. So very simple onesies and sleepers and, and rompers for the girls. Um, when I think of a romper, I just think of basically like a onesie. It would still have a snap crotch, but the butt area had a little more material going yep. on. Do you know what I mean? Like bloomery. Yep. I guess it's like, it's more like a it was bloomer an It wasn't, yeah, it was like an outfit. So you could put a baby in something that had no legs essentially, but it didn't look like they were in their underwear. Exactly. And yes. so um, that started to really become more of a cute style, like like more Violet's age. Um, yep. And it just felt like a finished piece, but it was still all one piece, like a onesie. And like you said, it was still like no legs to deal with because I was in Arizona. It was very hot. And even when it wasn't hot, it was warm. Um, by Violet, one of my favorite go-tos was Tea Collection. Um, mm. And there, I just felt like that aesthetic was so like on point for me. And they had a ton of those rompers and long and sleepers. And one of my favorite things they had were outfits for girls, probably boys too, but I had a girl the third time where the legs were long, but the sleeves were short and that's unusual to find. So it would be like for a little baby or toddler in the seasons where long pants were fine, still in a soft, cool cotton, um, but, but not long sleeve. So it didn't have the feeling of pajamas or sleepers. It had the feeling of a finished outfit, but it was all one. And I still like, that's one of my favorite, like memories as a couple of those that we had. So I feel like I must have, I'm thinking back to the age that Clara was when she had tea collection stuff. I'm, I know that I worked with them in some way, but it must've been when I was blogging. It must've been pre-podcasting because yeah, Clara I kind of remember like that too, or something. And we had a whole tea collection, um, collection <laughs> and it was amazing because she wore that stuff for years. Like she wore it from the time it was a long dress. She had like the, um, she had like a cross top dress. Yes, I remember like that. Ball with like yellow flowers on it. She had a couple, but the leggings just turned into capris. And then they just turned into like, you know, kind of like short, like just below the knee shorts. Right. And, yep. and then the dress went from being a long dress to being kind of a tunic to being a top. And she was truly able to wear that stuff for until she was like six or seven. And the funny thing is, I bet she still is hoarding it in her bedroom because <laughs> I know it was her favorite and I'm guessing she probably just couldn't let it go. So, um, yeah, no, that was, that was a great, that was one of those where I wished I had a baby by the time I discovered tea collection. I think Clara was three or four, but I, I kind of wished I had a baby to put in okay. those clothes. I want you to look at this link. I just popped in our outline. That's the lingonberry print romper. This is what I'm talking about when it's short sleeves, but romper length and yes. all of their fabrics are oh. so, can you imagine like a nine month old, our favorite age, like an eight or nine so month old in cute. that? Okay. We have to put that in the show notes. We will. People need to see that. People are like, okay. enough with your baby, <laughs> your baby nostalgia, your, ladies, <laughs> your old babies, your babies aren't even fresh. They're old, but their stuff was so, so cute. Okay. So that brings me to this question, Sarah, which is like, when you were in control, and I guess that's the, that is the theme of the first half of this episode is mom's in control or mom and dad are in control of everything baby wears. And then the next 
half is going to be about when we lose control. But anyway, <laughs> did you have a specific aesthetic when your baby when you were dressing your babies? I think I did, and I think when I was thinking about this, it almost starts with what I what I didn't love. I didn't love dressing babies as tiny adults. I mean, your three piece suit for Isaac aside, and some of like some of these just adorable, like almost silly outfits, but right. on an everyday basis, I didn't like anything that made it seem like you're, you were trying to make your baby look like a teenager. There was a lot of that going on when I had my first baby where it was like juicy couture, like velour oh, sweats and stuff yeah, like yeah. trying to make them look or a lot of like, um, you know, things with like rhinestones and sparkles. It's, it's not the aesthetic now. So you all listening don't have to worry about this, but there was something that turned me off about it wasn't that it was over sexualized or anything to that extreme. It was just, it didn't feel like wholesome, pure baby goodness. So I guess one of my aesthetics was a more like toned down natural, like natural look for babies and even toddlers. Um, it didn't love a lot of like licensed character stuff or ironic slogans. There's a few exceptions. I had a couple onesies that said something funny on them and I can get behind. We've talked about this with adult clothing. I can get behind right. your occasional slogan tee, but it's always going to be in very limited Right. Qualities. The, uh, other, everything else kind of makes me roll my eyes. So those were the things I didn't like. And that left me with really kind of classic, clean looks. Um, you know, I was trying to shop affordably. So a lot of times it was it was Carter's or it was the consignment store um, tea collection sales. But even within those, I was going for things that didn't have a lot of words, didn't have a lot of like large animals on them, were a little bit right. more like maybe stripes and polka dots, solids and prints, soft cotton, soft fabrics, um, and things that kind of could look like they're from any time period. That's kind of like kind of like right. my aesthetic. Um, so no surprise here. I think we had a very similar aesthetic. Like yeah. I really liked clean, classic, basic stuff. Sometimes that I still went to the silly side, like we talked about with the khakis and the baby jeans and all <laughs> yeah. that stuff. But for the most part, I liked my babies to be dressed simply and without a lot of um, one thing that was really frustrating. And I'll talk about this a little bit more. When we talk about preschoolers, but with with my older boys in those days, like boys clothing was awful. It was like all bears and balloons and trucks and um, balls like everything had to have some kind of insignia on it that seemed to say this is a boy like which it was so stupid I was like can I just put a t-shirt on this kid yeah. like why do I have to have why does everything have to have some kind of a cartoon or like an indicator and things have gotten so much better in that regard but I didn't like that stuff and I would find myself working really hard at the time to find clothing that didn't feature those things um, which brings me to this question which is about first outfit memories. And I'll just go first on this one, man. I had the hardest time picking out first outfits. And what I mean by first outfits, I did have four home births. So they didn't, it wasn't like a taking home the baby from the hospital outfit. So it wasn't literally their first actual outfit that they wore, but it was kind of like their coming out outfit. Yes, I know what you it's mean. like the one you'd put on like on the second day or something. And I went through a lot of effort to find just the right thing. So I was always looking for like a classic, like understated, very, it, I wanted it to look like something a baby in the fifties would have worn home yeah. from the hospital. And that was really hard to find. And I was not working with a huge budget, but I spent a lot of money. Like I went to like kind of expensive baby boutiques to find mm -hmm. these things because I really wanted it. Um, so I wound up with like these like these sweater sleepers. So I believe Ooh, Will's was a two cute. piece. It was like sweater and it was like little sweater pants and a little sweater um, cardigan that went over like a little cotton top. Aww. And Clara, I believe had something with ruffles on the butt because, you know, she was my girl. And mm -hmm. so I kind of went a little crazy with the pink ruffles, but I just was always looking for something that had a very specific like my parents would have had this in their going home from the hospital outfit. And it's hard to find, at least in those days, it was very hard to find. There was a lot of cutesy crap. There was a lot of very casual stuff, but it was really hard to find this truly classic outfit. So anyway, how about you? Okay. Well, I totally know what you mean about both it being hard to find. And also I wonder if this coming out or coming home outfit is still a thing and has become less of a thing. So it, my mom's family actually has a little 
it's like a little robe, like a newborn robe, almost mm. like the the look of like a christening robe. But this is this is a newborn home embroidered piece that's from when my mom and her sisters were little. And at one point that was being passed around to various members of my family. And I think with Allegra, I didn't end up with it. And it's not super practical to even put a baby in a car seat with. But we tried to take a couple pictures of my babies in it. But the girls did have I do have a memory for both my girls. And it was just the simplest um, a wrap long sleeve top, because I remember reading that, like, because of the umbilical cord, if you're going home from the hospital, like you're not going to want to put a onesie that's going to rub up against it. So I was like, took that very much to heart and looked for the kind of kimono wrap long sleeve. And it was a very, very pale, like mauve pink, like a very understated pink. And it had a little bit of, of ruffling at the sleeves and the hem, but like very subtle and soft. I don't remember where I got it, but I do remember loving it. And then the pants were just like kimono pajama pants. Um, so it felt like an outfit, but it was essentially the same type of pajamas you would send, you know, any newborn home from the hospital in. Yeah. And then while you were talking about the boys, I was like, I don't even remember what Reed wore home from the hospital. And I quickly just looked in my Google photos real quick because that's how quick you can search in Google photos. <laughs> I just searched for his birth, like his birthday. Um, and it looks like he's just wearing like a, a wrap, not a hospital issue. Cause the ones they issue you in the hospital are they're thin and they're kind of like yeah. weirdly sized. My babies were pretty small and they're kind of like generically sized. So they're, we're too big even for my babies. Um, but he's wearing basically a white wrap kimono long sleeve where the, the sleeves fold over and it looks like he's just wearing like Navy blue cotton pants. I don't think he had, I don't think he had, um, a coming home outfit, but just like you, I think I, I want, I did think about it. So to answer the question, I did think about it with the girls. I did love that little two piece, um, pajama set. And I was going for, um, umbilical freedom and softness. <laughs> I love that. Umbilical, free the umbilicus, right? <laughs> well, okay. So um, we, we talked a lot about babies. And I guess that's a great way for us to kind of segue into talking about older kids. And we kind of already hinted, like, the theme, again, is when we controlled things. And you talked about, you know, the fact that some of those, like, really cute outfits really became more cute when they were toddlers. I'm wondering if you can think back to hand-me-downs that like hurt you to put away for the last time. So when you knew it was it, like, you know, the bell had yeah. rung. And so you had girl, boy, girl. And I'm wondering if that kind of meant that the clothes went away for a little while and maybe not all of them came back out. And I had, you know, a bunch of boys and a girl, which kind of threw off like the calculus on the whole, like when does actually something get put away for the last time? Because not all of the boys clothes wound up in Clara's drawers. though some did, but I have a couple specific memories. The first one that pops into my head is that we had, <laughs> this ridiculous Star Wars golf shirt. And it was like color blocked, like gray and blue. And it was a teeny, I want to say it was like 18 month size, maybe 2T. Mm -hmm. um, and it had, it was like a little collared shirt and it had R2-D2 on it. Now what's, un, what's very unusual about that is I didn't buy a lot of slogan stuff and I really didn't like to buy things that had branding or whatever mm -hmm. on them. But yeah. for whatever reason, got that for Jacob. And every single one of my kids wore it and it really held up like mm -hmm. really, really well. And so it, every single child wore it. And that one was really hard for me to put away, like very, very hard. There were other outfits like the little khakis I mentioned earlier with the, the um, plaid flannel lining inside. Mm -hmm. Those were hard to put away, too. But because they were three to six month size, each kid only wore them maybe yeah, twice. Right. They didn't get a lot of wear. That R2-D2, like that shirt, every kid wore it so many times because that 18 to two, like month two T, that gets a lot of wear. Yes. Yes, it does. Like a little, like a skinnier toddler can wear it until they're three mm -hmm. um, or a bigger baby can start wearing it when they're 12 months. So that sort of sizing gets a lot of use. And I feel like those are the, those were the hand-me-downs for me that were the hardest to get rid of, not because I cared that much about the outfit itself, but because I saw it on multiple children yeah. so many times, so many times that it just associated me with that time of their lives. Yes, totally. Um, it's funny. I am very sentimental about hand-me-downs and I've been part of, I don't have the, the, you know, the succession of 
boys like you do, or even cousins in the area, but I still landed with some pretty good hand-me-down situations. A family friend that gave a bunch of stuff to Allegra that then became Violet's. And then in our neighborhood, we had a lot of hand-me-downs. And I'm sentimental on both ends. Like when people give me clothes, I get so excited to like carry on. Like, I don't know. I'm just in general, I attach a lot of meaning and I have a lot of very specific memories around clothes. And then you asked, was there one hand-me-down that was extra hard to put away? And then I thought, no, it's almost like I have just like we talk about amalgam memories. Like I have a Mm. general nostalgia for the incoming and outgoing outgrown outfits. Um, So to answer your question, yeah, girl, boy, girl did mean that um, I was more judicious about what I saved from Allegra to Violet. They're four and a half years apart, but Allegra was so tall and big for her age that she was wearing like two sizes ahead always, which may- means in sizes, they were more like six sizes apart because Violet was relatively average size. Um, I did save stuff and I, I still, there are still bins in my garage. Violet's wearing like a size eight right now. She always wears kind of her age. And there are still bins in my garage that'll say like Allegra 10 to 12 and we'll get it out. And so I do pass down from the girls, but not as many things through all three. So it's a little different probably than than the way it worked in your family. I would say sleepers with where it zips all the way up. So the kind of pajamas that my kids wore when they were anytime from walking to probably two and a half or three. And it was almost always Carter's and it was almost always the Carter's from Costco because they were extra Mm. affordable. And sometimes it would be the micro fleece or the fleeciness. Um, And instead of you didn't have to do like a ton of overnight diaper changes at this stage. So there weren't like the crotch snaps. It was more the zipper that went from like the base of their ankle all the way up. And we'd have them in a bunch of different patterns. And I just remember feeling really sad when nobody in my house was wearing those kind of footy pajamas. Ironically, now, of course, we have like the giant footy pajamas that can go all the way up to adult sizes. But that was sad when nobody was when nobody was wearing footy sleepers. That was that was a sad day in my house. Yeah, I'm also when you mentioned that I was thinking about um, one piece of outerwear because all of my boys were fall babies Mm -hmm. or like very early winter babies. Well, technically, they were all fall. I guess even December was technically fall, although it feels like winter meteorologically here. fall. Right, exactly. Um, but they all had this like baby bag, like one of those fleece baby bags, you know, with like the seatbelt, not the seatbelt thing, but the car seat mm-hmm. um, hole in it. Yeah, I wonder if those are still a thing. I'm gonna guess that they are, but I don't know. I don't know what people. This is where my like days. Arizona and California. Like I, you're, you're I have no, help, no experience right? keeping babies. But you know what warm I'm talking the about. They were uh-huh. like these, and I had we had a, like a really nice navy blue one. I don't even think it had arms. I think it was literally like you just put your baby in a sack, and then you put your sacked baby into a car seat and buckle them in because they don't have any arms at that. They don't need to do anything with their arms. They're just like in this little like, yeah, this little cocoon, um, and that was hard because. Even though I did hang on to it for a little while after Owen, but Clara would never have used it because she was a spring baby. So that's the other thing about having multiple kids. Sometimes certain nostalgic clothing pieces never get to get reused because the season is off or the size of the kid is off. And that gets better the older they get because you're not you're not going in and out of things in like eight weeks, like in the early days. Okay, so let's wrap up this half of the episode just talking about frustrations. And you can go first on this if you want, but like, did you have any frustrating memories about trying to dress little kids again when it was you in charge? Yeah. Um, So I have to say, as a first time mom of a girl who had a lot of friends with little girls, I was completely the odd duck of my friend group who had a preschool aged girl who didn't care about tutus, didn't care about having you know, Ariel on her dress or Elsa on her dress didn't have an opinion about what she wore that day. I could pick her clothes and dress my pre- my first preschooler and all the way through. She got a little picky about fabrics later, but not till first or second grade where then it was more about the comfort and the feel of the fabric. But in terms of fashion right. and style, and I knew I was I knew I was in the minority because I had friends whose whose children and especially girls just had very They would have battles about what they could wear or could I wear this again or I don't want to wear a coat or I don't. I only want to wear tutus. My one friend, Nicole, Aubrey would only wear things that she deemed tutus, including nightgowns. And she would she'd like cry when she got out of the bath because she didn't have a tutu on. Like 
I knew this was um, pretty common and I just didn't go through it. Well, I got, you know, I got my um, I got my dues later or whatever with Violet, who was very opinionated. So, you know, one one struggle or just frustration, I think, can be the battles or the the control issues that happen over clothing. And I think that's that's super common. Um, but with Violet, it was some part fashion, one part fashion, and then a lot sensory. And I've talked about that on the show because yeah. she was a preschooler, you know, while we were doing this podcast. And it was the feel of shoes. So shoes were really hard. I spent, I know you, you're going to say you spent money on shoes too, but I was just trying to find shoes she would wear and not complain about. She never wore socks. She always wanted to go without socks, um, which we lived in Southern California. So it wasn't a temperature issue, but it was a stinkiness issue and a like dirty mm. foot issue. So lots of battles about um, just finding comfort in, in clothing and finding things she'd want to wear. And then I have such an aversion to like wasting money and spending money on stuff that doesn't get used that that was, that was hard for me. So those are like, my frustrations are mostly around like battles of wills and mostly with Violet. <laughs> okay. I love it. Okay. So I'm going to talk mostly about my boys because with Clara, like I mentioned, she just wore whatever I put on her. She didn't care. And there, I had no frustrations with her because she had older cousins mm-hmm. And just like, also, I feel like maybe we had a family friend or something who was, oh no, it was Jenna's sister's kids had great clothes. So her two daughters had amazing clothing. And so Clara not only got Ruby's stuff, but she got these other two very stylish girls. We had so many clothes. It was just like an embarrassment of clothing for Clara and she wore whatever. So that was like actually great. For the boys, I remember having like a couple very specific frustrations. One, and I mentioned already like the the ball, the bear, the truck, like having to have everything on it or that or like some kind of insignia or some kind of cartoon on it. Well, where that got really frustrating was I feel like when my boys were little, we went to kind of a lot of events, like a lot of weddings, a lot of baptisms, Mm -hmm. a lot of like, I don't know, someone's special day at church for whatever the thing was. And I could, all I wanted to find for them was like a plain colored golf shirt and khakis. That's it. Like, it should be so easy. And it is for older boys. You can find that stuff because they have school uniforms. So if you, you know, it's like yeah. a kindy and up aged kid. Yeah. It's pretty easy to find like a simple, you know, golf shirt and khakis for little boys, like two to four. It was very difficult, at least back in those days. And I wasn't going to like, you know, sometimes I go to the baby gap or something and I could find it. But most of the time I just like, can I just go to Target and find this? Yeah. Or like, can I just go someplace easy and find these things? And they were very hard. It was just really hard to find simple, plain clothing that was dressy ish, mm-hmm. but not like overly dressy. And I do remember buying like these little three piece, like um, not suits exactly, but like on a um, on a hanger would have everything like it would have like a little uh-huh. button down shirt and like uh, sometimes it would have suspenders and pants, but it was always very cheap. Like it was cheaply made. And I just would buy it anyway because I was like, well, that's all I can find. That's it's like, like disposable even... clothing at that point. It was it's essentially like... disposable clothing. It felt like it felt like it was made of the thinnest polyester. Like the Halloween and like... costumes that come in a yes. bag. <laughs> and if you pulled a thread, the whole thing would fall apart. But it was going to get you through like one day at a wedding. So you'd go for it anyway. But along with that went shoes. Mm. And that was the real expense because you could buy those Halloween costume wedding outfits. But shoes cost what shoes cost. There's no getting, you can't skimp on that. And so we spent so much money on dress shoes for those boys. They were never cheap. Like no matter how little they were, they were always expensive. They would wear them for two months, maybe, and then grow out of them. Or maybe they'd only have one event to wear them to in a year. And you would think, well, great. You had four boys. You could just pass them down. It just didn't really ever work that way. Either Mm -hmm. their sizing would be off or we could only find like the right shoe and not the left. Or they looked a lot alike. So like the pairs weren't right. Like the kids would grab the wrong ones and like put them away wrong. And I'd end up giving away like to Goodwill a pair that wasn't a pair. Like it'd be like (laughs) one, you know, like a left size three and a right size four because they all looked identical. They were just like little dressy black shoes with laces um, or sometimes loafers. Anyway, I just feel like I just spent so much money on that kind of thing. And that was a big frustration that I did not experience with Clara. I do think for adults, men have it easier to dress than women. But I think for kids, 
girls have it easier than boys. Yeah, for sure. In the shoe department, because I'm thinking, first of all, I my babies and toddlers lived in a lot more casual and weather flexible environments than yours. You you had winter and the Midwest, right. I think, is more formal about things like weddings and baptisms and church events and stuff. So number one. But number two, girls can just wear their sandals. And I lived in year round sandal places. So I never remember where buying a special pair of dress shoes for anybody. Reed was in my sister's wedding when I think he was five. And we got by with a little pair of slip ons that were almost like um, dark gray vans. But they were honestly like they were boat like shoes almost right? almost like boat shoes. Yes. Um, and yeah. almost like a canvas, like a like a like a high end canvas boat shoe sneaker. And and he was almost six by that point. Um, so I think I skated through very lucky. And I'm glad you I'm glad you aired that frustration, because that's one of the ways where our our difference in geography and and just like the environments we've raised our kids in is markedly different. Well, I love that you mentioned the vans or the slide on, you know, like the boat shoes or like the slide ons, because my older kids did start to kind of lean on that look and do now for sure. Mm-hmm. The boys like they wear a lot of that and you can really wear those to anything as long as it's weather appropriate. Right. You still can't wear a pair of canvas, you know, blue canvas boat shoes to a November event like it just isn't going to work. Yeah. So but I agree with you, too. If you had a little girl and you threw like a little dress on her and it could be her dirty flip-flops. It wouldn't yeah, she matter. wear Crocs. Right. It wouldn't matter because she's going to look cute and dressed up. But yeah. that's very different than trying to figure out what to put on a little, you know, a little boy. Like he's got light up, you know, Spider-Man sneakers or something. Yeah. It's not quite the same. And I think maybe I overthought it at times too. But, you know, trying I'm to be just, proper, trying I'm, to be Midwest nice. I know. And I'm just like, I have so much... um for raising four tiny boys in the Midwest and clothing them and shoeing them the way you did in those times of your life, I just have a lot of I lo- have a lot of love for you. Oh. It's like it is oh. like it is stressful. It was a thing. It was a thing, and I tried. That's all I can say. Yeah, it was a thing, and I tried. That's my life slogan, my uh-huh. parenting slogan. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place.com code mom hour. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, Sarah. So you kind of mentioned that you've had, you know, some kids in your family who've 
never really had that much of an opinion about their clothes and some that had them basically as young, like from the time they could say words and yes. point, right? So tell me of your three kids, when each of them, if you can remember, started mm-hmm. having opinions and how that looked and like how that changed things for you. Yeah. And, and because I mentioned it earlier, this will be quick, but Allegra didn't care at all. Um, and then she cared a little bit about, uh, comfort fabrics and not want, she never wanted to wear jeans cause that was like too rough. Um, and even that caring was really not till first or second grade. And then she wore a uniform. All three of my kids wore school uniforms and Alle- for Allegra, the uniform years were third grade through sixth grade until COVID happened. And those would have been probably pretty formative style years. But when five days a week, it's decided for you, she just on the weekends was like in leggings and a t-shirt. She didn't, she really didn't care. So that's ages like, you know, eight through 12 for her still didn't care. And so only recently for her and, and you were out visiting, you saw like, there's a Billie Eilish thing going on, like a very, like, you know, it's, she looks like a teenager now. Um, and she cares now, um, Reed really kind of all he cares about is comfort. And he's like in that athletic shorts phase, you know? So like he, I would say he still doesn't care, but that's not totally true. He has some favorite shirts and he really likes the, the, um, the more like sporty athletic fabrics materials. Um, which by the way, I have a very affordable four pack of athletic tees that I will link up in the show notes because they're kind of ridiculously cheap. I think it's like four for 20 bucks or something. And they're his favorites. And I've, I've literally gotten them in the next size up. Um, and then Violet cared. Yes. Like you said, from the time that she could point and talk and the, the thing we always say that she, or repeat that she said when she was probably two she had she has a dresser in her room and I she had a lot of skirts and like pull on cute casual skirts and I had them all in one drawer. So she had a drawer for like shorts and pants and then a drawer for skirts. And I just remember her saying I'd like put out an outfit or I'd start pulling on clothes and she'd go over and she'd go, where my girt drawer, mama, where my girt drawer. So she was asking where <laughs> where's my skirt drawer, like which one, where do I get the skirts? And we still say that sometime where my girt drawer, mama. Um, so she cared from the beginning and um, her and like I mentioned, hers was part comfort and part style. And I think that is relevant to mention because so many kids do have those sensory sensitivities where they may not care what they look like, but they care what the clothes feel like. And then if you have both, it's like a, it's like a whole thing. Um, but again, with uniforms, it was for Violet. I remember it most the year she was the couple years she was in preschool. Those are the years I remember the battles because. She was old enough to have those strong opinions and she wasn't in a uniform yet. So it was a daily situation. How about you? Well, I just have a question for that. Like, yeah. When you had those daily, um, you know, battle situations, what did you do? Like, did you just say she wasn't going to school? She was home with you or maybe you were running errands or whatever. Did you just say whatever patterns you want to put together? Fine. Oh, or yeah. did you have like some control or like, what'd you do? Oh, yeah. I had no opinions about as long as it was like weather appropriate and safe. And she was going to preschool part-time. So um, I always had thing about shoes and hair, which is funny because I've let go of hair. I don't care anymore. But at the time I wanted her hair pulled back from her face, like in a little half pony. And she had to have school appropriate shoes. She had to have closed toed shoes. So those were the hills I was going to die on. And I did not care about the rest. And she actually put together cute outfits herself. Um, so it was more the socks and shoes and like the finding yeah. things that were comfortable. And then if we had an event, so like a thing like um, my sister's wedding or things where I ha- I did have an outfit that I wanted her to wear, I would st- I would have to start thinking about that like way in advance and think about the like, I forget the mental gymnastics. Like you always say, right. like, like, yeah. what do I how much notice do I give her about what she's going to wear? How much uh, what other choices can I provide? Because this is not going to be a choice. And. So I do remember a lot of mental gymnastics about that. But on, on the day to day, I did not care what she looked like. I just cared, cared that she was dressed. And she also changed her clothes 14 times a day. And I know that's a common thing, too. So the yes. amount of laundry was bonkers. I, I remember Clara going through some of that. She just wasn't particular. Like, she never complained if I put her outfit together. But she would also change very frequently. And I remember there being a lot of laundry and a lot of pieces just kind of mm-hmm. strewn about. Um, but she had so many pieces to work with and I, I felt her pain because like, if I had that many clothes, like if I had that many skirts and leggings of different lengths and, you know, cardigans and all that, like I would have a hard time choosing and then not going back and like rechoosing too. So I totally get it. Um, 
And all of my kids did start having opinions about their clothing. I just feel like for the boys, it was a more like their opinion was a non-opinion. If I, if that makes sense, like they didn't, they cared so little that they're not caring started to become like caring. Like right. they didn't want me to have any opinion. <laughs> I right. guess this is the point. They cared so not so much not that they that me having an opinion about what they wore felt oppressive to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they want the aesthetic they were going for was I don't care. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. I guess that brings me to like, how did our kids dress in elementary or middle or high school and how are they now? And so I pulled my kids last night. So it's actually kind of fun. I asked them what they remembered about how they dressed. Um, and Jacob just said, well, when I, when I was a kid, and I think this is so funny because it's so similar from kid to kid. Jacob said, when I was a little kid, the clothes I wore were just long sleeve t-shirts and hoodies. Isaac said, I wore a lot of pajamas. <laughs> Owen and Will both said jeans, t-shirts and hoodies. Now here's the thing. They're all still wearing essentially that. But I remember kids getting it like addicted to a certain hoodie. Mm. And me having to say, could you at least wear it half unzipped at school so that people can tell you're wearing a different T-shirt underneath so they don't actually think you're wearing literally the same thing every day? My kids also kind of didn't want to wear jeans after a certain point. So um, I'm going to say for each of them, it was like around 10 or 11 that I stopped Mm. buying them jeans because they preferred the feeling of like soft khakis, joggers track pants and in Isaac's case literally pajamas he wore pajamas to school for like a year (laughs) and he got away with it I mean like no one ever told him he couldn't and they they were nice pajama pants they were plaid I think that's pretty that's actually pretty common um in like small town midwest for Uh kids boys and girls to wear fleece pj Uh pants to school because you gotta stay warm right yeah but I it's just so funny because when I look at their like fashion choices it's really been such a non-choice. Mm-hmm. And now Clara's trying to kind of like have a, dis- like have a, an aesthetic and a look, but like we talked about earlier, it's like, she doesn't know how to do it. Yeah. 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 So I'm curious, do any of your kids have like a really specific look now? And you talked um, about the Billie Eilish look, which I witnessed. Yes. You witnessed. It is a thing. And it's it's goes in line with that like '90s jeans, um, look that with baggy. She has two baggy sweatshirts, and when you were saying the boys and like asking them to at least prove that they have a clean shirt underneath, like that's actually right. Allegra. I mean, it's gonna be hot here the next few months, but otherwise, she has two black hoodies that she just wears every day, and. I know she does. She's pretty good about changing her clothes and showering. So I know she's clean underneath, but one wouldn't know to look at her because she looks exactly the same. Um, And some favorite pairs of jeans. And she also got, she spent her own money at the Nike store and got a pair of like, I guess they're like 90s looking Air Jordans. Like that's a, that's a thing too. That is definitely a thing. At the night. The shoes are important. Yeah. The sneakers are important. Of course, she's not playing basketball in them, but they are basketball shoes. And she got him, you know, she spent her own money at the outlet store. So she got a good deal. And I, I don't understand. I don't understand this look, but I don't expect to understand because I am not 13. So she cares. Um, Reed does not really have a look other than just athletic. When you were talking about jeans, I was thinking none of my kids have ever wanted to wear jeans. But we've lived in places where you can get away with shorts and skirts or or at least just soft pants, leggings for the right. girls and like athletic pants for for the boys. So nobody's ever had to fight jeans with me, which is kind of, kind of a nice thing. Um, Violet, does Violet have a specific look? Violet would like to have a specific look every day, but it is different specific look different. It's she's incredibly (laughs) intentional. She's already told me it. We're recording this July 8th and she's told me what she wants to wear on the first day of school. She thinks about her clothing in advance. Um, And going back to like the preschool um, frustrations, a lot of Violet's, a lot of her battles or frustrations weren't because I was demanding that she wear something. A lot of times it was that she wanted to wear something and then it wasn't comfortable. It didn't look the way she wanted. And she almost had these like internal battles. So she doesn't have a specific look. She wears a lot of cotton shorts or leggings and cute t-shirts. I mean, she looks like an eight-year-old 
She'll throw on, sometimes she'll throw on a dress or a romper, less and less, uh, you know, she's, she likes dresses when she dresses up, but less and less everyday dresses. And just going back that they wore a lot of uniforms for, for several years, they wore uniforms. So I think they're still kind of new at figuring out what their style is. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense because it's, again, going back to what we said before, they want to have a look. They just don't know yet how to to make that come together. Right. And in my house, which is maybe not the same for everybody in my house, like definitely Clara is, has more angst about that. I, mm-hmm. I, there's just more options. She has so many more things to choose from. Um, and she definitely has that like baggy jeans, oversized t-shirt, black hoodie, mm-hmm. beanie. She doesn't oh, wear the yeah, beanie the all beanie. the time, but, but when she does, it's so cute. But like, gosh, I look at her and think, man, is this like 1992? I don't, I don't know what to do. I love, about it. <laughs> I love it. Um, I have to say right now, it's so funny. Owen has always been somebody who his accessory is the outfit. So he's somebody who will wear the same, literally the same joggers, the same sweats, the same track pants, the same t-shirt, the same hoodie every single day. But for a long time, he wore really quirky socks. Oh, that's fun. And that was his look. And so he always had like knee high. This was when he was probably like 10, 11. He had like knee high socks. They were always fun and like they always had some kind of a pattern and that was great. Now he got a little, um, like a trucker cap, I guess. It's mm-hmm. like a, it's like a baseball cap, but puffy on top. Yeah. It's I know not what exactly I mean. a trucker cap because it doesn't exactly have the flat brim and like it doesn't exactly have a baseball style, but it, it almost looks like something you'd wear to hacky sack. Okay. Like okay. in the nineties. Yeah. 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 Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Uh huh. So he got one from his uncle, his dad's brother, and it's the brand is Bula B U L A. And it's like bright turquoise blue. And it has all these little people all over, like little drawings oh. of people all over it. And his hair right now is ridiculous, but he's just been wearing that like over his ridiculously puffy hair that he will not let me take him to get cut. We should do an episode about that at some point. <laughs> but anyway, his hair is just redonk and he wears this vintage baseball cap over it and he looks so cute. I just can't even handle it. It almost doesn't matter what he's wearing on the rest of his body. Right. He's now decided this is his look. Yeah. And when he doesn't wear it, I'm like, dude, you got to put, put the hat back on. Yeah. Because without the hat, your hair just looks dumb. But with with the hat, it looks like a thing. Um, Will about a year ago decided that he was into pastels. Like he was really into like that sort of, I think it's a very California look actually. It's like pastel t-shirts, pastel shorts, it's like PacSun. Mm -hmm. Um, that's his look right now. And he's really doubled down on it. So everything he wears is like pale pink or like a very, very light aqua or something like that. He shop. where does he shop for said pastels in St. Joe? So, um, he, he doesn't locally. No, he has to buy it all online. Yeah. Sun is mm-hmm. one of the places. And um, maybe Hollister might be mm-hmm, another one that has that look. I know he's got a couple, like a couple go-to places that. Do you have Tilly's there? Me. Oh, Tilly's. No, Tilly's. Yeah. We don't have it here, but I did buy him a bunch of stuff from Tilly's for Christmas. Yeah. Yes. That's, um, that would be, I mean, I don't know all of the local teenagers and mine is a relatively new teenager, but I think that would be. I don't know where all Tilly's are, but that is, that is the place. We definitely don't have one here. We might in like the next town over that has a real mall, mm-hmm. but we just do our shopping online yeah. and he knows, he knows what he likes. So he just sends it to me and yeah. And that's it. So yeah. So it's just kind of funny. Like they, you know, they, they all have like, except for the older two who I feel like are still just wearing like t-shirts jeans and t-shirts and t-shirts. <laughs> exactly. So do you Um, feel like I'm going to ask you a question as like a mom of older teens, which I don't have. Do you feel like there are ever events or days where you are still like, hey, guys, we're doing this today. We're seeing grandma or we're going to this restaurant where you have to give them some parameters or I know it's been COVID for two years, too. So has that not been a thing? And how how do they respond when, like you said, with Owen and the hat, like. How do they respond when you have to draw some kind of an appropriateness boundary? Well, I will say Jacob, who is my oldest, and you'd think, you know, would be the one I wouldn't have to coach as much. He wears his clothes until they are literally falling apart. He loves the feel of a very, very soft khaki, like Mm -hmm. a really soft, but they're shredded. And so there's been times where I'm like, we're leaving the house. You have to put, put on one of your less 
comfortable pants. Like, I'm yeah. sorry. But for the most part, almost anything we do, their clothes are appropriate for. Yeah. Like, even like church events, like if we were going to, I can't even remember the last time we were invited to like a wedding or a fancier party. And if we were, I would definitely have to like do some coaching and bossing and momming. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, the stuff that they wear is fine for anything we'd be doing in this local area. Yeah. Uh, it's not the same as when they were little and I had to dress them up for a wedding. We just don't go to that, that many of those kinds of things anymore. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Um, no, I mean, I can't, especially with COVID and our move, I can't think of any time. We did have family photos taken a couple months ago and I just told everybody, look, I am going to decide what you're wearing. I will make sure that you're comfortable and that you feel good in your own skin. I'm not going to make you wear something like that, that you hate, but I'm also going to put the outfits together, period, end of story. Cause how often do I do that? Every four, we don't get family photos taken every year by any means. It had been like four years and they were all great about it. I went to old Navy and got really like affordable stuff for Reed because he's the one who needed kind of new stuff, um, just like a collared linen shirt and some nice shorts, like not athletic shorts. And then um, I shopped the girls' closets and I pulled it out and I said, this is what I'm going for. And then I let them bring like their signature. Um, Violet has like a sequined bomber jacket and Allegra had her hoodie mm, yes. and her her beanie. So I let them bring all that stuff and the photographer took some pictures with them in their in their classic like everyday looks, which I'm really glad that that I did that. So, yeah, I mean, I haven't had to put my foot down, but I, I, I would. I just it would be very few and far between hills to die on at this point, I think, with me. Yeah. And I feel like that's been the case since my kids have been older, whether it's because the events are changing or because they just have the clothes that they wear to suit themselves, like just suit them yeah. to more occasions or something like maybe it's both, but yeah. that seems to not happen as much. So if you're struggling, if you're listening to this and struggling with like dressing your kids for these different occasions, I would say a, a lot of, um, a lot of the time your circle will be going through certain events kind of around the same time as you. So maybe you've got a two-year-old, but you still have friends who are just getting married or you have yeah. friends having babies that have baptisms. Like those things happen in, in clusters. Yes. And then once you kind of move past that cluster, it doesn't happen for a long time. Like I can't even remember the last time I had a legit wedding invitation. I would love to go to a wedding. I know. Who's getting yeah. married? No one's getting married anymore. Like they're just, all done. Just divorce. <laughs> just, just divorce. divorce. <laughs> Which means um, there'll be remarriages, but you know, they're not as fancy. So it's fine. I, it's not, I don't regret that, but like, there's just not as much, there's just not as much of that kind of thing happening. No. So. And it totally is regional and cultural too, because I know in some communities, bar and bat mitzvahs are like a whole new thing. And then you've got right. a bunch of 12 and 13 year olds who need to have their their wardrobes ready and you've got quinceaneras and then you get, you do get, we didn't talk well, about prom. like your proms and stuff. Yes. Um, and my kids if, have gone to prom, but that's like a totally separate that's thing. That's totally like one different. kid yeah. I have to get a tux for. That's different from yeah. like kind of what we were talking about. Right. So yes, yes. I, absolutely. Um, yeah. I'm just laughing. I know we have to wrap up, but I'm laughing when we were talking about this because we went to dinner just a week ago at um, the golf club where my parents golf. And it's not, it's not like a country club. We, it's not a place I went when I was a kid growing up here. It's, they haven't, they don't do a lot socially at this place. They just golf there, but we did go to dinner there and they have like a very old school, uh, dress code. Um, and I was thinking, wow, that wasn't really an issue. And then I remembered Allegra was at camp. She wasn't there. And I was thinking, what would she have worn to, I would have had to like, I would have had to really look through her closet to find an appropriate outfit for this particular place. So it it right. definitely will still be an issue. It just, I think with COVID, it hasn't been, but yeah, it's right. not, I'm not yeah, writing all it kind of forever. forgotten how that works. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Um, well, this was really fun. Before we wrap up, Megan, we have good news for those who love to see us pop into their podcast feeds unannounced, but we're going to announce it right now. Yes. So you will hear from us for the next three days we are doing a special three-part series and you're going to hear about feeding your little one which I think is like something that we hear well I don't just think I know we hear about this all the time from moms who are are basically just trying to not be super controlling about food with their toddlers and young preschoolers but want to make sure they eat nutritiously and healthfully yeah. and that's a that's a big pain point so we're really excited for this series yeah, we're really excited. It, it, it's a big pain point and it also changes constantly. And I think that's something that comes out when you hear the series is like just when you've cracked the code on bottle feeding or breastfeeding or introducing 
solids, then it's like the next phase and the next phase and the next phase. And so um, this series really focuses on, I would say, older babies, young toddlers through preschoolers, which is just a time of a lot of parental stress around eating and feeding. So we're excited to be dropping that the next three days in a row. So make sure you're subscribed and make sure you have notifications turned on so that you can just be like, yay, new episode of the mom hour. Yay. Three days in a row. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. (laughs) Yes. And then I guess you won't hear from us after that till Tuesday. So wah, wah. Wah, wah. (laughs) All right. So look for that starting tomorrow, everyone. And Megan, I will talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Megan, you know what I love about our partner, The Essential Calendar? I love the product so much, of course, but I also love that it comes from a small business founded by two moms. Right, just like us. Listeners, if you're drowning in details right now, like summer camps, travel plans, end of school year mayhem, give yourself the gift of the Essential Calendar, a seasonal at-a-glance poster-sized calendar for your wall. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour.